are so glad you guys are here. We love uh, communion. We know that we have a lot of uh, neighbors. We have a lot of family. We have a lot of friends here to join in. But just to warn you, we've been praying. And you might have thought you came here to watch somebody else be baptized. But I, I hope uh, as we have celebrated communion, I hope is that, is, is that as we have worshiped, and uh, expressed our, our worship through giving and through song and through fellowship, all of these ways that if you are, are thinking about it, I want to guarantee you that we have brought plenty of extra towels, plenty of extra clothes, and we have been praying over these sets of clothes all week uh, for, uh, just for courage to be released. And even if you don't know us, that's, that, that's okay. I'm going to read right out of the same Bible that uh, that you read, uh, talking about baptism and, and what we are and, and why we're doing it today. So, uh, young Benjamin, if we could uh, look over to Matthew 28. So we're coming upon the what we call the second ordinance or the second standard, we believe, that, that Jesus set. And that was the ordinance of baptism. We believe that there's two that will continue until Jesus comes back. And just as the Apostle Paul passed on to us the teachings of, of Christ personally to him, to us, we are going to uh, not hesitate in following Jesus as he tells us to do this. It's Matthew 28. You might also know this as maybe one of the places, the, the five places that the Great Commission appears in the Bible. And it's Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. And it says, Therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Do we see a theme here that Jesus is saying, don't worry so much about the times and naming the day or the hour. Just be alert. Don't put off following my instructions. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Now, this is a really good thing, right? I love this promise. This is one of my favorite promises of Jesus. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's saying, like, hey, engage in this thing, in, in, in baptism, until the end of the age. And, and surely, if we look through all of Scripture, the, the New Testament, I want to tell you that as soon as they get saved, as soon, as soon as they find out somebody has been saved, the first thing they do is start looking for some water, right? So we are just following exactly what they did in the New Testament. Now, we want to say that baptism is really at the end of the day, it's kind of a, a family affair. In fact, we may say the whole story of Scripture is a family affair about a, a father and a son. And we know that at the end of the age that this whole uh, thing that culminates is really going to culminate in a marriage between a bride and a groom. And we are the bride. Isn't that awesome, right? So but this is a family affair, and I want you to think back. I know we have some of the kids here, and this is the way this is going to work. I don't know if you can remember when you had uh, 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 kids, like when you were real. You probably can't even remember when you were, like, in the stroller. Can you remember that? 
Kids, you got that? Remember that? Okay. And your parents were so very proud of you. I have a little two-year-old grandson. I take him everywhere, and I put him on display. I am so, but I won't let him out of my sight. I grab a hold of him, and he goes everywhere that I go. And every time anybody stops and says, oh, that is such a cute baby, I'm just like, ah, well, you know what? You're, you're, you're pretty smart. Like, this is just a beautiful, and if you've met little Declan, you will know. He's a pretty handsome and beautiful little two-year-old. So, uh, <clears throat> but then what happens, uh, little ones, and maybe you're in that stage now when you grow up and you were used to be younger, your parents were proud of you, but then when you grow up a little bit, then all of a sudden you are pretty proud of your parents. I can remember when my daughter was eight years old, she was the biggest fan that I had on the earth. I could do no wrong in front of her. She would actually walk up and she'd want to hold my hand if we were out in public. It was, it was great. And everybody knew that we were part of the same family. Uh, well, then as it goes, and if you're young and as you get into your teenage years, <clears throat> all of a sudden, right, your, your style of dress and your hair changes And all of a sudden, you want to start walking out in front of your parents, or you want them to drop you off at the corner so they can't see the beater or the lame car that your parents are driving. And that's not even if it's it's really bad, like when dad shows up with sandals and knee-high black socks. Whoa. Party, that's a fashion foul. Right there. But nobody really, you, you thought, I don't want to be seen by my, next to my parents. And, and people, now when you go out to dinner, when you hit Birkdale Mall, it's like people don't even know that you guys are part of the same family, even though you go home and you have the same last name and you have the, the same address, you're eating meals at the same table. Nobody can guess that you're part of the same family. But I want to tell you, uh, we shouldn't ever be ashamed of the family that we have. And Today is about being part of a family and, uh, and uh, not being ashamed of being in the family of God. 1 John verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 22 says, Dear friends, we are already God's children. So it, this is not baptism doesn't make us into the family, but baptism is just a symbol of the fact that what Jesus has done has placed us in the family. But he has not yet shown us uh, what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. There's something about it that we will carry on the family resemblance, and part of that is, is baptism. Now, I wear my wedding ring everywhere I go, and wedding rings are just, this ring didn't make me married. It's just a symbol of something. I, we had a ceremony. We exchanged vows. We did get a marriage license, and, and therefore, our marriage is, is, is valid. And baptism is a symbol as well, and there's some great symbolism in it. One is that we are, are just doing what Jesus told us to do. So right away, that makes us Christians is when we follow the ways of Jesus. It's also a symbol that, that, that we are being made new, that we are washed completely free of sin and shame. 
that we are, have new life, that, that death doesn't have the final word over us, is that as, as we are, are buried with him in baptize, baptism and we rise out of the water, that we share this new life in him. And the second and the last thing is that we follow Jesus. Jesus himself was baptized. So a lot of the th- times, if we're thinking like, hey, what would a, a Christian do? What would Christ followers do? Well, we're going to do what Jesus did. And Jesus got baptized, so it's a way that we're symbolizing that we're following him. But basically, it is the, the public declaration of what's happened uh, within us. So today is really about a day about not delaying about the teachings of Jesus. Remember what he said there in Mark chapter 13, verses 32 and 36. It just said, like, hey, uh, like, stay awake, be alert, don't worry, live like I could come back again today. Live like I could come back Again, tonight, don't delay following me. Don't delay in surrendering your lives to me. We want you guys to be ready. Because nobody knows the day or the hour. In Romans 10, verses 9 through 11, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So comforting. It doesn't say you might be saved. Or, hey, that's a pretty good start. It says you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. We can call that righteous. That you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So it's something that happens on the inside of us that's also accompanied by a a proclamation or by a a demonstration of what the gospel has done uh, for us. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be ashamed. I know for there's some right here that you are putting off going in 100% because you think somehow there's a, a catch to it. Somehow that it will be shown for maybe not being valid in your life, that maybe you've seen that it's worked for other people, that you can see the, the, the life of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ forever change them in such an authentic and real and far-reaching, lifelong way. But maybe, maybe not for you, but I want to tell you, if you believe, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, You will be saved, for it is by believing in your heart that you were made right with God and by openly declaring your faith that you will be saved. And as the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced.